The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in absolutely the right place. I can guarantee that. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers Radio. For keeping track, it's episode number eight, and today is Wednesday, January 28th, 2015, so our information is current and up to the minute. Breaking news, the buzz is wearables. Ooh, you heard a lot about it. You've seen pictures and news blasts and, ah, you may be scratching your head or you may be investing in them already. So let's get started. The early crop of wearables is here. It's arrived and it's optimistically promising to simplify your daily life. It can improve your health care, your health exercising, your outcomes if you're a patient somewhere. It can enhance your sports performance. It can make your home smarter, your taxi smarter, your city smarter. Everything about your life can be smarter, simpler, and more efficient. Wow. But to achieve these admirable goals, and I feel safe saying they are admirable or optimistic, wearables have to do one thing, share your personal data. That means your location and maybe your body traits, sharing it with the Internet of Things. Did you know that? Well, even if the wearables you're thinking of getting and you already have, if they're comfortable, if they're fashionable, ooh la la, if they're precise, if they're relevant enough to your lifestyle, do all of these improvements outweigh potential compromises to your safety and what we love to call privacy? All the things that matter to you that you really don't want a lot of other people to know. Definitely something to think about. Our panel of experts is going to help us explore this and figure it all out. So stay tuned for the next hour. First up on the panel is a newcomer to SAP Radio. It's Ronan Zero. Have to find out how he got that middle name. Schwartz, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z. He's the CEO at SQRL. I like to say Squirrel. Maybe I'm right. Solutions. And he's a co-founder of Open Intense. He's also an author. We'll find out more later. And Ronan sent me the following quote from the New Romancer trilogy by William Gibson. Here's the quote. The future is already here. It's just not very evenly distributed. Aha. Ronan, welcome to SAP Radio. How are you today? Very well. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. We're delighted to have you. So talk to me. Interesting quote from William Gibson. How come you picked it? And why don't you relate it to our topic about wearables and IoT? Please go ahead. Um, well, the quote is, um, I think it's quite old already. It was, um, I think it might be from the 80s. Um, but I do believe it's still relevant um, because what we see, what we see in, in wearables, what we see in technology every day now is things we have seen in science fiction, especially in Star Trek in the last years. And 
um, for all the for the early adopters and and uh, people working with the technology, uh, this feels really like the future is already here. Um, it's just that we are in a in a very specific target group. You might even say a niche market right now, and so it's not really available to everybody. So it's not really evenly distributed. Um, hopefully, this will of course change in the in the nearer future. Um, so yeah, I, I really like this, and I, and I picked this quote because um, William Gibson was also the the guy who coined the term cyberspace, and his work has been uh, very inspiring um, to me as as a developer and um, entrepreneur, and I, and I think also to a lot of other people working in tech. So I think this was really really good. Thank you very much, Ronan. I have to ask you, how did you get the middle name Zero? Please, we want to know. <laughs> well, actually, from IRC, from IRC chat, like 25 years ago. Um, and things like that, they kind of stick to you. So I think, yeah, I think I, they I, do. I think Zero becomes a plus when you attach it to your name uh, long enough. A very interesting quote, and thank you for that. We'll come back to that. Susan Rafizada, I want to welcome you. We, you were uh, instrumental in getting this panel together, and we're appreciative. You're the global content lead for life sciences at SAP, and you have a heck of a lot of friends on Twitter. Very impressive fan club here. And Susan sent me the following quote from Henry Ford. I see no advantage in these new clocks. They run no faster than the ones made 100 years ago. Bravo, Henry Ford. That's like, uh, Susan, that's like the emperor's new clothes, right? Susan, welcome. How are you today? Good. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Tell me about the Henry Ford quote related to our wearables and IoT topic, please. Yeah, I thought it was a very good fit um, because he was talking about clocks and it reminded me really of the conversation I have now about smartwatches. So, um, I own a smartwatch and people are curious, what can you do with that? And then I see in their eyes, yeah, but what's really about it? Why did you pay so much money for it? And uh, it looks like they would say, hey, they don't run any faster. Um, they don't have any added value. What is this useful for? But um, I bought it because I was just curious. And I think um, if you change your way of thinking, um, and if you see the possible innovation that it, those um, smart devices um, that you actually wear really can change um, things. And if you add the Internet of Things or the intelligence, the interactions between devices, um, you probably don't want to miss it anymore. So it's not today, but tomorrow I'm pretty sure you don't want to live without wearables anymore. Very interesting. Is it, what's your uh, from my intro, Susan? What would be your top reason for for buying this watch? I'm going to rattle these off you: comfort, fashion, precision, and relevance to your lifestyle. What was the most important thing in buying, or just curiosity? Really, curiosity. I would agree. It doesn't add um, too much real value right now. So. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Thank you very much. Let's ask our third panelist. Well, he's one of the sponsors of this series. Always glad to have you on the air. It's Ira Burke. He's a vice president of Solutions Go to Market at SAP. And here's a quote. We may have visited it before, but still relevant from Victor Hugo. Here's the quote. All the forces in the world are not so powerful as an idea whose time has come. Ira Burke, welcome. How are you today? 
Doing great, Bonnie. Thanks very much, and uh, thanks, thanks for the opportunity to come back onto the show. Well, we love having you on the show. This is ready-made, tailor-made for you. So tell me, uh, an idea whose time has come, wearables plus IoT. Would Victor Hugo peer from wherever he's hearing us? I'm sure he's listening right now and say, yeah, that's really a good one. What would he say to you, Ira Burke? Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether he's wherever he is wearing a smartwatch right now, but... Uh, <laughs> But you can just you can see how how quickly this topic is evolving, right? How just a few years ago this would have been not only you know science fiction, but but a little bit odd, right? The idea that people would be wearing technology. You know, remember the first time that you watched somebody wear you know wearing a Bluetooth headset, and it looked mm-hmm. like they were talking to themselves, right? And it just looked like it was odd. And I'm never going to be the person who does that. And then pretty soon you are the person who does that. And I think we're going to see that now as the technology is changing so rapidly, as the capabilities are improving so quickly, uh, there will be more and more ways to integrate the technology into your daily activities, into uh, places where you can easily interact with it. And I think we're going to explore some of those during the course of our uh, conversation. And, um, and I, I certainly hope so. And, uh, Ira, do you, do you own any smart wearables? Do you have anything, a watch or a Fitbit or a band? What are you using? You know what? None of it. Um, I'm, 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 and I'm watching, right? And I'm looking at it, and I was just I'm staring at the Apple Watch, thinking maybe this is going to be the one um, that that's going to let me uh, break into this uh, break into this space, uh, pick up a pair of Google Glass and try them on. I think maybe this is going to be something that I'm going to find uh, useful. So uh, you know, lucky lucky in this role, we get to uh, we get to look and we get to explore and we get to learn. And uh, I'm sure it won't be long, not just for me, but for uh, for all of us, of when these things are going to become much more uh, much more common. Thank you. Good, good insights. Uh, Ronan Schwartz, you're back with us. I'm wondering, we didn't get a chance to ask you, do you own a wearable smart device yet? And if you do, what is it and why'd you buy it? Ronan? I'm a Google Glass Explorer, so I got, so I got a one of those. Um, and right now I'm uh, wearing um, an LG R smartwatch, the round one, which came out uh, a few months ago. And, and why did uh, yeah, why did really you buy it. it? Yeah, what do you do with it? What did you, why did you buy it? Was it a question of fashion or relevance or comfort or precision or just wow, I want to be have people see me with one of those? What was your chief motivation? Well, well, as for smartwatches, you know, I haven't been wearing a watch for I don't know fifteen years maybe. So this was to me a real change um, because. What what I really like is is the notifications I get on the, on the on the device um, from all incoming emails and um, messages coming in, flying in, um, and it's also and that might be a bit of a lame use case, but it's a great controller for for music, um, and that's that's what I like about it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And guess what, Rona, while I have you, we're going to circle back to you as the first panelist today on the show, and I'm going to ask you what's in your cup. I don't know how smart the cup is telling you when the coffee's getting cold or whether you put enough milk in or whether you shouldn't take that extra teaspoon of sugar because of your sugar levels. I don't know if we have such a thing as smart coffee cups yet, but this part of the show is called What's in Your Cup Today or What Do You Wish You Were Drinking? So, Ronan, tell me a story. What are you drinking or what will you be drinking after the show? Um, well, you just reminded me. I think there is a smart cup on Kickstarter right now. <laughs> um, actually, I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm drinking Club Mate. Um, that is um, a soft drink made of Paraguay tea, um, which is uh, 
very well it hasn't it has a history in germany it's been around in germany for 60 years or something and it just came back to life 10 years ago with um nationwide distribution um and it's a quite nice soft drink has lots of caffeine in it so much more than espresso even um and it's become quite famous in the, in the tech scene in Germ germany's tech scene in the in the last few years so it's even called the hacker's lemonade <laughs> you're full of surprises thank you very much i don't know if you're the one who's tweeting at sqrl solutions handle but i have a note here that says i'm a google glass explorer of course i own a smartwatch right now we're pretty late with that very interesting i think we're going to have some good sass coming here at hashtag sap radio keep the tweets coming everyone thank you susan what are you drinking today or what are you thinking about drinking after the show Right. At the moment, it's 9 p.m. in Frankfurt, Germany. So um, I'm drinking plain water. But after the show, um, I will drive home and have a nice glass of Artberg whiskey. Ten years old, um, very intense, long finish, bit peaty. And um, I like having a little glass of whiskey after work because it lets me relax and really forget everything because you're so concentrated on the flavor and the intense taste. I don't do it every day, but I think today it will be worth it. That may be one of the first times we've had a whiskey story on hundreds of SAP radio stations, especially from a female. I like that a lot, Susan. You have my vote. Go ahead and have an extra shot of that for, for all of us out here. Thank you very much. And Ira Burke, uh, you're, you're back from your travels around the world and you're home in Connecticut. So what is in your cup right now or what's going to happen after the show? It's already late in the afternoon here. Ira? Yeah, so I'm a little disappointed with what's in my cup. You know, there, uh, oh. there was a certain brand of, of green tea that I really enjoyed, um, especially in the afternoon that Good Earth was making for a long time. Um, I found that it wasn't bitter. Um, anyway, they, they pulled it. It's gone from the market. And oh, so no. my last shipment came with something they're calling citrus, and I'm trying it, and I'm just not sure it's going to work as a, uh, as a substitute. Aww. Ah, yeah. uh, well, yeah, so what would sure. you, what would you rather be? So, yeah, okay. So uh, we'll have to find another well, suitable I, I, I drink for you. I think had a much better idea. But, I uh, do, too. I think we should all right. go to Susan's house after the show and have some of that delicious whiskey. We have a note here from Mandy Lynn at Mandy Bay Area, who is tweeting her tootsies off here. And uh, she's, she's saying, uh, Henry Ford got lots right, but not the future prospects of wearables. Thank you, Mandy. And she's, uh, Ira, she's asking, will Ira Burke buy a wearable device after the show today? That's provocative. You don't have oh, to answer right is. now. And Ma Mandy says, literally and figuratively intriguing as far as what's in your cup. She's even given us a W-I-Y-C, not a hashtag, but I think we'll get one soon. She says her cup is Costco latte all the way. Now, that's intriguing on its own. So guess what? I'm going to let everybody go have a sip of something interesting. I'm just drinking water today, coffee or something later on. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers Radio. Again, it's Wednesday, January. 28th. We are L-I-V-E live. We have a great Twitter party going here at hashtag SAP radio. Please dive in and join the fun. Mandy and a whole bunch of other people will be happy to tweet with you and share. We're talking today about wearables and IOT and we're going to get into the privacy issues when we come back. We're going to start the roundtable 30 minutes nonstop with Ronan Zero. I'm just going to call him Ronan Zero like Coke Zero, something amazing. We're going to start a 30 minute roundtable and then we will invite Susan 
Rafizadeh to join in and Ira Burke and go around and around the table and see what we come up with. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Michael out. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Insights from totally new sources of data, sensors that capture and share what is happening in your business environment, and the tools to understand it and act on it. These are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Internet of Things with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Listening to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Internet of Things with Game Changers. Here we are talking about a very timely topic, IoT and wearables. I say give and take, talking about the sharing of your personal data in order to make the wearables worthwhile and trade that good information that's going to make them really smart. Our panel today is Ronan Zero Schwartz at SQRL Solutions and Open Intense, Susan Rafazada at SAP Life Sciences, and Ira Burke at Solutions Go to Market at SAP. We're going to get started with our roundtable. Ronan Zero, I've given you a new short name. You're so important, you're a diva now. Ronan Zero, that's it. That's all I'm going to call you. Ronan sent me the following before the show. I think it's a very provocative, interesting way to launch the roundtable. So here goes. Ronan says, context is magic. Contextual awareness wins big. IoT, those of you not paying attention, that's the Internet of Things. Internet of Things can help with that. So let's tie that into our wearables topic. Ronan, why don't you kick this off, please? Right. Um, like when I, when I say context is magic, um, the importance of context is, cannot, be, cannot be overstated, I guess. Context is what defines the reality in which we operate. Um, it gives meanings to, to the, the, the things we see and, and the data that comes in. So um, having contextual awareness uh, in, in applications and especially in, in devices gives them a chance to understand our lives much better. So what is happening right now? Um, mixing all this mixing a lot of, of different data sources together can generate context that can um, help us do, do smart, simple smart things like predicting that the, the, um, the way we're, we're commuting every morning today is um, not available because of a snowstorm or of, because of heavy traffic and we uh, automatically get a new route calculated once we enter the car or once we go out of, once we leave home or something like that. Um, and Currently, what we have um, on 
context available um, was just the smartphones, and now we we mix into that um, wearable devices with heart rate and and um, pedometer sensors and stuff like that. And we can even add on that uh, things that are in our home, so our home can can tell if we're actually there. Um, help mm. us turn turn on the heater and things like this, and this adds to context. Um, and I believe, yes, having contextual awareness in uh, in applications and in devices will um, really give give it a, a bit of a magical feel. Interesting. Um, I have a, a, a pose a question for you, Ronan, or Mr. Zero. Question is, you mentioned about, I think, about the snow and the context and where we are, and your home would know where you are. It, it would be amazing if the a smart device, and I don't know what it would be, would be able to say to me, for example, Bonnie, there's a half an inch of ice underneath the front wheels of your car where you're parked. You're going to need three strong people and a bunch of burlap to put underneath the tires. If you're going to get out of that space, it's going to take you 40 two minutes and you're going to be one hour late to your next appointment. Do you think we'll ever get that contextual, Ronan? I am. Um, well, <laughs> it might be possible. <laughs> that Actually, would be... I think it might be... Go ahead. Uh, I'm already trying to, to, to find, like, to build that solution. Um, I think it should be doable. I mean, we know temp- we have temperature. we likely be able to tell where you have parked your car last night. Um, so the car might be able to tell you how much uh, grip it can get under the tires. I don't know. Maybe find a solution for that. But well, we're going to see if we... You know, yep, go ahead. Yep. Hybrid condition. Um, and things like that, it should be able to tell you at least, well, you're going to be late this morning. That would be important. Susan, join us. What do you think about the context and the magic of connecting everything? And, and bring in a little more, Susan, if you will, about the privacy issue. What do we really, where is the information going once we let the device be so smart? What's happening with our personal info? Um, when I thought of, um, when Rowan said um, that, it would give you a magic feel. Um, my immediate thought was it, you might even get a relationship with your variable, like with a friend, because it does stuff for you. Um, I mean, if I see people with their cars, they're almost treating their cars like friends. At least in Germany, they're crazy about their cars, and I think in other countries as well. So I think if variables do all the stuff for you, um, you may build such a relationship with them as well, especially if they look good. So, um, but yes, there's the other side of privacy issue. And mm-hmm. I'm definitely not um, a privacy expert, but um, I know already now we are um, in the Internet simply without wearables. We are already doing a trade-off between privacy and convenience. Um, our data is not really safe. Any hacker mm-hmm. can hack what they want. It, they just need to be the first, I have the impression. And, um, I mean, the intelligence agencies of the world, they are listening anyway. So um, <laughs> I'm aware that I'm permanently sharing data with people I'm not aware of. Um, but I don't want to live without the Internet, right? And I think the yeah. same will happen with wearables. Um, it just depends how much you like the application or the processes they're triggering. So if they have you to be healthier or if they have you to do things better or to be more productive or if it's just even fun, um, that um, 
can be stronger than the wish for privacy. So it depends. And there will be other people who say, no, I neglect everything. I want to keep my privacy. Um, I don't want it. So it really depends on the personality, um, if you like it or not. Overall, I think um, that wearables will be a huge market and that a lot of people will say, well, privacy, I, I forget about it or I deal with it. Susan, that's very interesting. You, you talked about the fact that a lot of or most of our communications today, especially by email and over the web, are already being shared in places and with people we have no idea who's looking, who's listening, and probably a lot more than we would even be comfortable with if we, we dared to ask too many questions. Duh. Uh, so you're right. There, there was a trade-off, and you're saying if the context is good and if it makes our lives better, makes us healthier, why not? Because we're already in that soup. Ira Burke, good point for you to chime in here. Thoughts on, and I'm trying to stay with the, the context, but I know we're veering into a lot of directions here. So thoughts on context, what that all means to wearables, Ira? Well, so, so a couple of things, right? So the context of the, of the world is changing, right? So uh, whether it's a wearable or even a smartphone, right? So it can know where you are to a pretty significant degree of precision today, uh, whereas, you know, 15 years ago there was GPS, but it was restricted by the military and you couldn't get such a precise reading of where you are. So the environment is providing more information, more context. Uh, there's more data available. There's more opportunities to um, interpret um, what, uh, what's happening? What's happening around you? Um, there's more information being captured from you. Um, I, uh, I upgraded in, uh, yeah, for people who think I don't have a wearable, so I'm not keeping up with my devices. Um, I did upgrade to an iPhone 6 in December, and a few weeks later, for the first time, I opened up the health application and saw that my phone knows how, uh, how many steps I've taken every day, how far I've walked every day, how many flights of stairs I've climbed every day. And you start to wonder, right, whether uh, what other information it could be capturing, what's what's being done with that information. And I think that's going to happen more and more as the systems, as the technology, as the data becomes more pervasive. I think we'll have to use a lot more imagination uh, to think about how it can be used positively and also to guard against being uh, being used negatively. Thank you, Ira. Ronan, Mr. Zero, talk to me. What do you have to say about what Susan has shared and what Ira has shared on the context aspect of wearables? Any other thoughts? Um, well, I, well, I think like the, the, the privacy issue is um, well. Clearly, we can we can see that there are some. Um, it's it's but, but my, it's a bit you know it's a bit of a problem. But on the other hand, once things really are really convenient and useful for us, uh, usually we we give up little bits of our privacy um so yeah i can you know if, if your phone just tells you how much you walk that's probably nice uh, to to have that statistic um if it posts that directly on facebook or something i guess that's not that cool anymore so there's there's a thin line not to 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 be drawn on, on which way you want to go and this is something really um developers need to take care of Rona, do you have any thoughts to add before I move to some points from Susan's notes? Any thoughts to add on how much of that information is being shared and where? Obviously, if you wear a Fitbit or some kind of a sports band, you're communicating your body function, your heart rate, and, and uh, other, other aspects of your physical being, communicating it somewhere. An application is processing it. Maybe someone is getting a report on it. Maybe something is happening on the other end. Uh, what actually is happening in that process? Anything you could shed on, on that for us? 
Um, well, there's, I, I can tell you that there's a, bu- uh, there's a bunch of algorithms running on the, on the on local devices that you're wearing, so both on the smartwatch and on a phone, um, providing some insights to the data and also trying to figure out which types of activity you actually did. So where have you been walking? Have you been running? Have you been going on a bicycle? Um, that, that's done on a local. Um, all the other added on intelligence that's coming there is usually coming from some sort of cloud service. Um, so, you, yep, if you're using Fitbit or something, you're sharing your fitness data with the Fitbit companies. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's the, the that's the reality. Yep. Yeah, Go ahead. the security of that data depends on the service you're using, and hopefully we can trust them. Hopefully. Big word, trust. Uh, we just did a show on the theft of IP intellectual property uh, on my Coffee Break with Game Changers series just a couple of hours ago here today on the Business Channel. And we were talking about how a lot of companies are instituting a policy called zero trust because people inside the company, and Ira and Susan know the, the security training we go through as SAP employees, the people inside the company might inadvertently or otherwise give the opportunity for hackers or just competitors to know what's going on, whether it's an engineering plan or whether it's a a product warranty policy or whether it's device specs. So trust is a very interesting word in the context we would like to trust. But as you're saying, Rona, we might have to just give up that trust when we assume that wearables are going to make our lives better because it's part of communication with strangers and algorithms. Uh, Susan, any comments on this before I go to you? I just realized I probably opened up another another thought here. Any any comments? comment on that um yeah i could add some some ideas what kind of um we're always talking thinking about watches but there are a lot of more wearables um especially from the medical devices side so you can um measure much more um stuff um not you can not only heart rate um you can also measure your skin electricity um or your temperature or even your glucose level um so um with um and if um these devices start triggering really useful um processes like for example if my if i'm ill and my glucose level reaches an upper or lower limit and then automatically um alerts my doctor and the doctor i don't know um will immediately make um i don't know give me a phone call or make an appointment so this, this kind of things can be really um, useful, and at that point, um, privacy really becomes well less of an issue if it really helps me being healthy. So, if the benefit is big enough, um, mm-hmm. people, people w- um, will forget about privacy or think, okay, the company I'm collaborating with is that great; they have at least a level of privacy um, that it's hard to crack. So. Um, there's yes, our trade-off I'm again. That the whole technology will go in a in a growth direction. Yep. Ira, chime in on this one, and then I'm going to go to a talking point from Susan. Go ahead. No, very good. I think that um, part of part of all of this is just to get a better understanding. Right? People need to know what's being shared. They need to know more about the positives and the negatives. They need to know who can see the information, who can't. And I think as we get better at uh, at that, at uh, at putting some boundaries, at enforcing some boundaries around uh, privacy, around sharing, it's going to be easier, frankly, for people to innovate and to take advantage of the information that's there. 
and to uh, and to create all these uh, new products and services that are available. Thank you. Susan, I'm looking at your notes you sent me before the show, and here's an interesting point I'd like you to elaborate on. You say consumers will only pay for smart wearables that have a real added value compared to their smartphones, especially as many Internet of Things IoT scenarios are already being done with smartphones. So that brings up the question I asked you before, what made you buy your smart device? Is it the fashion? Is it the the precision? Is it the relevance or the curiosity? And you said it was a curiosity. So Susan, in your experience uh, from, from your job and, and from your personal life, how do you put one on one side of the table, one on the other, and say, hmm, what am I going to spend my money on? A next new smartphone, or I'm going to go for that wearable? Let me see. What's the dividing line there? Susan, go ahead. Um, well, in my case, it was more or less um, a joint uh, bought because I bought the um, fitting smartphone with a fitting smartwatch so that they could collaborate very well. And I needed a new smartphone. That was the real trigger. Um, uh-huh. And actually, when I used the smart watch with the smartphone together, I thought, okay, it's it's really just, in many th- uh, cases, just an extension. For example, um, if I'm listening music with my smartphone, I can skip to the next song or make it louder or lower with my smartwatch, which is nice, but my smartphone is not that far away anyways. So um, it wouldn't be um, that much of an effort to go to my smartphone and manage things there or... Um, what else? Um, for example, if I see mo- notification on my smartwatch, um, I gain probably a um, couple minutes of that information or see it a couple minutes earlier because um, my phone is near anyways and I would see it very soon anyway. So the real benefit mm-hmm. is not um, that high for me. I mean, the step counting, that's fun. That's something my um, smartphone does not do. Um, but... Um, well, I'm not that much of a sports person that I would really care how much I walk. <laughs> so, um, but I think um, when the applications will be there and um, when the devices really um, get your body traits and then start triggering activities with other devices or starting processes over, um, yes, and if they even can learn what I'm doing, what I like, and then start triggering process, then the benefit will begin. For example, I imagined um, if I would have earplugs that would automatically learn what kind of music I like ah. and would then trigger processes. For example, they, the earplugs would also know where I am and when I'm there. Oh, okay, they would only know it in real time, but they could say, hey, Susan, you're now in Cologne. Did you know that today you've got a concert from the band XYZ that should fit to your taste? Should I play you an example? Then they do that. I say yes. And then, yeah, should I buy you the ticket? And then they do that. This kind of activities, that would be um, great. And as soon as, um, the, well, um, you could also do that with a smartphone if I think about it because the earplugs didn't now measure my, my, um, my body traits, right? But as soon mm-hmm. as you have to be- measure body traits with, with um, what the right. smartphone cannot do, then that's something that only um, um, smart wearables can do. That would make a big difference. That's and brilliant. That, that, is, yeah, that, is, 
brilliant, Susan. I, I have a friend who is very sensitive to loud noises, and when we go to concerts, even small local concerts, if he doesn't bring his earplugs, I have to make a little impromptu earplug set using a, a paper napkin or tissues and wad them up and put them in a little ball and hand them to him because he forgot his earplugs. That would be amazing, smart, wearable earplugs. Very interesting. Anything else you want to say on that before we get Ira to chime in? Um. Yeah, I've got another example that's probably more yes. um, related to, um, but I'm thinking all the examples I was thinking of, a phone could do as well. But I think the glucose um, example is that mm-hmm. one where I would say, okay, that's something that's really unique to wearables. Yes. They can measure your glucose level and then trigger all these um, processes. And I think that's where a lot of the motivation is going to be because you want your doctor and your te- the technician and the hospital and anybody who's going to help you with your health issues, you want them to know. That's a question where you want a, a certain number of people, maybe not your insurance company, but you want certain medical professionals to know and you're going to be willingly transmitting that information through the wearables. Ira, join us. What do you think? You like her smart earplug uh, theory or do you like the, you're going to want to talk about glucose monitoring? What do you think? Maybe, maybe that'll be the first wearable that I buy. That sounds uh, that sounds really good, especially if it, <laughs> it can decide what to block out. Um, but uh, the truth is, there there's so many different technologies at play for um, measuring, um, you know, for example, just health related issues, right? So Google has uh, is working on contact lenses that could measure your glucose levels um, by uh, through sensors that are in otherwise perfectly good contact lenses in your eyes, right? And I think we're going to see more uh, more interesting, more creative. Uh, developments of the technologies, right? There are smart fabrics, right? You can build, you can mm-hmm. make clothing out of material that knows how to interact and pick up sensors and share information um, with its uh, with its environment. Uh, there's uh, even a prototype of a, a wristband that you can wear while you're uh, watching TV, and if you fall asleep, it'll start recording the show that you were uh, watching, so that you shouldn't miss anything that you uh, that you might have wanted to see on TV. And so, uh, so I think we're going to see um, this more of an interaction between what you're doing, where you are, uh, how you're behaving, um, whether you're falling asleep behind the wheel, um, and, uh, and whether something can be triggered to uh, take care of the situation. Very interesting. I want to bring Ronan, Mr. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm calling him Mr. Zero. I just love the name. Mr. Zero. We've already got people on the on Twitter who are saying, yes, that's his new name. And that, in fact, is your Twitter handle, at underscore Z-E-R-O. So I didn't make it up. Ronan, what do you think about what Susan talked about? I love the idea of the earplugs, and obviously everybody else does, too. Susan, I think you're going to get credited with this one, even if it wasn't originally yours. Ronan, thoughts on that? And then we're going to go to something that Ira said. Go ahead, Ronan. Um, yeah, uh, the, the earplugs, uh, the earplugs are brilliant. I mean, that's that's really nice, um, and and things like that. I guess they're they're not too far away. Um, as, as far as I know, Motorola is already working on some sort of smart smart handset that's just a single earplug, I think, and it gives you um, all the voice commands that that Google now gives you already, just just from your. Um, well, not not exactly an earring, but from your earplug, and um, that has has had very good reviews so far. Um, so this is this is definitely um, interesting thing to 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 keep in mind. Um, also, interaction with with audio um, is something that I hope we will see a lot more in in the future, because it's kind of not being done so far. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the things we have are 
um, visual information. Um, but audio information is a lot more, or can be a lot more discreet because it's only me hearing this. Um, so, yeah, though, that would be really interesting for of devices. Thank you. I think we've developed a new concept for a think tank here on SAP Radio. Ira Burke, uh, this is a perfect setup, what Ronan and Susan just said, a perfect setup for me to go to one of your discussion points you sent me before the show. A very interesting topic. You said Intel has sponsored a contest called Make It Wearable to generate new ideas for wearable technology. Tell us more. This sounds fascinating. Maybe they'll adopt SAP Radio. We can be part of that program. Ira Burke, go ahead. Maybe they will. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. You know, this is something that they did just last year. Uh, and they put out a contest to, um, to really anybody, whether, you know, high school age, college age, uh, you know, business people, startups, and just, uh, just to come up with ideas and to prototype them and, uh, either just to suggest them as ideas or to actually build them and see if they could implement them, uh, around the concept of taking things and making them wearable. Um, and there's this, wide variety of, uh, of ideas and projects that were submitted. Uh, so uh, one of them called the uh, Baby Bee, right? So if you have a newborn infant who's in an incubator and uh, you know, parents can't touch the baby, but they still want to have some interaction. So they put a smart mattress under the baby and, and they hand, um, I think typically the mother is a sensor. They, so as you squeeze it, it has an impact on the, uh, on the baby as the baby moves. You can feel it through the sensor in your hand. So making a connection where it wasn't possible before. Um, they, uh, somebody submitted something they called First Vision. They submitted a device where you could put, uh, like a GoCam, a live uh, camera, but on a, uh, on an athlete during a live sporting event. So you could have a real-time high-quality view of what the game looks like from the, uh, from the athlete's perspective. Um, and, uh, and one of the, uh, one of my favorites, and this one I think was, uh, one of their winners, uh, was something called Nixie. And this is a wearable camera drone. Right. So, uh, what? Uh, if, if so, so yeah. So think about this for a minute. So you've got a camera on your wrist and you want to get a picture of the people in your group. So you flick this thing off your wrist, wrist, it zooms out in front of you, turns around, takes your picture and then comes back to you like a boomerang. Right. Um, or it just follows you around taking pictures as you go. So kind of a selfie stick without the stick. Um, and, uh, so they're just fascinating ideas that people were submitting into this context. And I think it's just indicative of the time where we're living right now in this, uh, very exciting and very rapidly evolving space of wearables. Ref- fascinating. I Googled Nixie, N-I-X-I-E, and here's the website, fly, F-L-Y-N-I-X-I-E, flynixie.com, introducing Nixie, the first wearable camera that can fly, a camera that comes with you everywhere and can fly. With a gesture, Nixie takes off captures the moment and comes right back. Sounds like a digital boomerang. <laughs> you know, you send it out or uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. What is it, Ira? You set something free and if it really wants to be there, it'll come back to you. Damn it. You know how that one goes. That's way back in the day. Uh, Ronan, any comments on uh, where these ideas are coming from? I love the idea of this Intel-sponsored Make Wearable Contest. Ronan? Well, where are these ideas coming from? Um, well, actually, this thing, you know, a, a drone like this is in one of William Gibson's books from the 80s, I think. Um, and it was kind of fascinating to, to... It's kind of fascinating to see if those things come to life now. Um, I believe that... that um, and this might, might sound a bit lame, but I really do believe that Star Trek Next Generation had a huge impact on... 
um, engineers, because most of most of the engineers can't deny watching those as as a kid. And if you if you look into what we have today, tablets were on Star Trek. Um, smartphones like the tricorders were on Star Trek. There's now a company building a communicator directly inspired by the communicator scene in mm-hmm. Star Trek. Um, but it was even a guy who had a smart glasses on it. So I think we are we are taking like we are having the chance of getting all that things that were science fiction twenty years ago actually into our daily lives just now or just a few years away. You are absolutely right, and I Googled what you said. Obviously, I love to Google things and learn more, and here's a website called comcommbadge.net. It says, the worst first, world's first wearable communicator with voice command, speak, listen, etc., was first imagined by Gene Roddenberry in Star Trek The Next Generation. There you go. Who knew? Who could have imagined? And I can see all the parents sitting around saying to their kids, you're watching that stuff again? Well, hey, the future was already here when people were watching that. Susan, any comments? on the source, uh, like you, you've been talking about these new ideas for wearables. Any, any input you'd like to share about sources for where these great concepts are coming from? Hmm. Well, I'm not that much of a techie person, so <laughs> when, I, well, what, when I try yeah. to make up ide- ideas, I just think about myself, what, what I'm missing, or I observe people and see how could I improve their life, or I talk to people and try to grasp what they could need, and then I develop ideas. But, um, yeah, I'm honestly, um, I don't read or watch that much science, fi- science fiction, but I think it would be a good source, <laughs> definitely. I think so, too, and I'm hoping that a lot more will come on the medical side, medical devices. I know you're mentioning this here in your notes. You say wearables and the IoT are accelerating interdisciplinary R&D research and development, IT and medical device companies collaborating, Google hiring medical experts, and fashion and design will become even more important for high tech. Can you want to, want to address that briefly for us, Susan? Um, yes, I've seen several um news recently um, that Google hired scientists and um, doctors for diabetes um, especially um, fashion experts and about Apple I read the same so that they were hiring um, really um, fashion corifes, um, retail experts, um, medical device product managers, fitness experts so it's already coming together and it's very prominent in the press so um, I think if companies um, didn't get the idea previously, they get it now and they will definitely follow. So I'm sure it will um, change the way we work, that we will work more interdisciplinary. And I also can imagine as many uh, consumer companies uh, or tech companies um, try also to go more in the health and fitness area, um, that we might see some acquisitions um, between medical devices and um, consumer companies. Don't know who will buy whom because we have very big ones on both sides, but, um, well, there, there is some shared interest, And but currently um, each industry doesn't have the knowledge of the other one. Probably the consumer products companies know more about uh, consumer marketing, but the medical device companies know all about the regulations and all the science behind it. So um, I think they will get together, or at least in joint ventures or something like that. But we will see much more collaboration happening. Thank you, Susan. Guess what? 
My panelists have been working very hard. I'm going to give you all a break, not more than 90 seconds. You can wet your whistle if you know what that means. I'm going to take a sip of whatever you're drinking. Susan, not quite the whiskey yet. I know it's waiting for you at home, but I bet you are ready. We're talking today with Ronan Zero Schwartz, CEO at SQRL Squirrel, I say solutions, and co-founder of Open Intense. Susan Rafizada, the global content lead for life sciences at SAP, very important to our conversation. And Ira Berg, VP of Solutions, go to market at SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be when we come back right after a quick break. We're going to go right into our crystal ball predictions round. Can't wait to hear what Ronan Zero, Susan, and Ira have to say about the future of IoT and wearables. I don't think the privacy issue turned out to be quite as important as we thought it would be on this show, but maybe you'll have something to say when you predict what's coming down the pike, perhaps as far out as the year 2020. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back with the crystal ball predictions. Michael out. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Insights from totally new sources of data, sensors that capture and share what is happening in your business environment, and the tools to understand it and act on it. These are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Internet of Things with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're listening to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Internet of Things with Game Changers. And during the break, we have, boy, what a Twitter party we have here. I want to thank Mandy and uh, SQRL Solutions and SAP Industries. And, oh, my goodness, we have so many people tweeting. But we have a comment here that says, from Mandy Lynn, attention students, train in engineering and healthcare for the anticipated increased demand in wearables jobs at Future of Work. Great point, Mandy Lynn. We really appreciate that very much. Okay, time for our predictions, and BYOD News is back on the scene here as well. BYOD underscore N-E-W-S tweeting as well. Thank you very much. They're talking about the Nixie. We started something here, Ira Burke. Now, Ronan Zero Schwartz, you're up. Two minutes, no more, no less. Let's hear your predictions. Can you look ahead to 2020, or do you have a different time frame in mind for wearables and IoT? Go ahead, Ronan. Um, okay. Well, 2020 is just um, it's just five years away, so that's a really interesting timeline. Um, I think that we will see much less devices that have the same functionality as phones now. Um, instead, what we have so currently, phones get bigger all the time, and the difference between a six-inch six screen phone and a seven-inch screen tablet is not that big anymore. So I believe mm-hmm. that 
um, for what we're really using, if we need a bigger screen, it will be more tablets. And what we have now as phones is going to merge into, you know, a little smaller hubs providing just um, power connectivity um, and CPU and, and storage to a cloud of lots of connected variable devices that we have with us all the time. Um, so I think uh, this, this is like the change we're seeing in hardware. Um, also, um, what, what I really find interesting is, is the progress we're doing in, in artificial limbs and in um, mm -hmm. and, um, replacement, replacement um, and improvements on, on uh, human conditions. So um, what I really want to mention is, is like um, the, this new pop star, Victoria Modesta, who has, um, well, a, a bionic leg. So um, she has just, just one, one artificial leg and it's, it's um, changing the narrative from, um, you know, being, being a problem with, to, to being a superpower. So um, this is really interesting. Um, and, and I think we will see a lot of more of, of those things, like improving the overall human condition with technology and, and with wearable devices uh, in the in future. Very interesting, um, Ronan. I, I just Googled her, and there's a fabulous page of photos of Victoria Modesto, and it looks like she has turned her bionic leg into a fashion statement. Uh, just amazing photo. She, she's a magnificent-looking woman. So anyway, if anybody is curious and you haven't heard about her, just Victoria, M-O-D-E-S-T-A. Ronan, any other quick things to add to your predictions? We're running short on time. I'll give you another 10 seconds. Last thought? Okay. Um, I, think, I think smart glasses are still two or three years away to be, to be really useful. Um, but we will have a lot of watches and, and um, fashionable items very soon. Thank you very much, Susan Rafazada at SAP. Predictions I can give you, ooh, let's see, just shy of two minutes. Go ahead and don't be shy, Susan. Okay, so um, I would like to um, add to the bionic legs example. Um, I would like to predict a little bit further, like 2030 for it, probably. Mm -hmm. um, I've read a very nice um, press release that the MIT has developed a prototype of um, one um, artificial hand and wrist, actually. And it's like a robot. So you can do movements that you cannot do with your natural hand. So, for example, it's stronger or it's less um, sensitive against heat. And um, I would like to base my prediction on that. So in 2030, you will even have one robots. Um, it's important for me um, to mention that I think they have to be taken off because I believe that people still will prefer to use their own body. But when necessary, just to put on like a glove, um, a one robot, um, which has also sensors and um, that can, for example, measure heat or um, can measure how much strength it needed to do a certain movement um, and that this information can then be transferred to a machine in manufacturing for example and that you can then optimize your production process or something like that so i believe that one robots are actually the future thank you very much and ira burke i saved about 90 seconds for you so what do you predict and what year 
Well, so I think we're going to see over the next uh, between you know five and ten years, maybe closer to five, uh, to pick up on on Ronan's idea, right? The, the smartphone really disappearing as a as the device as we know it. Um, it uh, as the uh, as the wearables start to take on more of the capabilities as they put the information where we need it, as we develop new and more interesting ways to interact with wearable technologies, whether it's picking up gestures, whether it's uh, transmitting feelings through an Apple smartwatch or sound through bone conduction, the way that, they, uh, that they're attempting to do with Google Glass, right? There will be, I think, very interesting ways for us to connect with wearable technology. I think that will reduce a little bit the need for a, a consolidated device of a smartphone. I think the idea that Ronan suggested is spot on in terms of being a hub for communications, for power. Um, and uh, but otherwise, uh, that will be almost living in the environment where these um, where these technologies capabilities give us better connection, more information, new ways to interact with what's around us, and uh, and of course new capabilities that we haven't envisioned yet. And that's the exciting part. Thank you, Ira. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Ronan. I have a couple of predictions of my own starting next week, Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern. We're launching a brand new series called Digital World with Game Changers. Maybe we'll even talk about wearables. And the week after that, we launch a new series called Transforming Your Business with Game Changers. The week after that, we bring on Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers. The week after that is February 24th. We're introducing Business Innovation with Game Changers and wrapping up the introduction new series, Game Changing Women. Aha! March 3rd. You don't want to miss any of those. Thank you to Ronan Zero Schwartz and all of the wonderful tweeters who came with him at SQRL Squirrel Solutions. Susan Rafazada at SAP. What a Twitter party we had. And Ira Burke at SAP. Here's and Michael and the Business Channel team. Thank you so much. And a shout out to Darren Crowder who sponsors this series. And here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. I don't know if it's a smart seatbelt. You tell me. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. See you tomorrow morning on another Game Changers radio show, 10 a.m. Eastern. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.